I want to welcome you to day two of our look through John chapter 10 and daily drive time devotions. We're going to look at verses 4 to 13 today. We began a look yesterday at what the shepherd does for the sheep and focused on the fact that he calls us, he speaks to us. In the verses today, we're going to take a look at the fact that he not only calls us, he also leads us, and he lays down his life for us. In fact, I'd like to start back in verse 3 and then read uh, verses 4 and 5 also. Verse 3, which we looked at yesterday, says, The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his, the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And then verse 4, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus calls us as a good shepherd. He also leads us. His voice is clear in his call to us. His direction is clear in his leadership for us. Every one of us has seen, you've certainly seen how tiring it can be not to know what direction you're going next. To be in a place where you just have to wait and you're not sure what to do next, that can be as tiring, more tiring, than moving solidly in the direction where you know where you're going. Confusion is wearying. And Jesus clears up confusion with his direction. He leads his sheep. Now, he leads his sheep. He doesn't drive his sheep. You would drive sheep from behind. But to lead sheep, you must be out ahead. And that's where Jesus is. In fact, that's how sheep were led in the days in which the New Testament was written and still in the East. Sheep are led by the shepherd. The shepherd is out ahead. That means, that means that Jesus is out ahead of you. When it comes to a sheep, if there was a wolf, the shepherd would get there first. If there was a ravine, the shepherd would know that it's there. When it comes to your life, if there's a problem ahead, Jesus knows it's there. If there's a struggle ahead, Jesus knows it's there. If there's a victory, he knows it's there. Everything that will happen to you this next week, the shepherd, the shepherd goes ahead of you. And the Bible says here that we know his voice. We listen and we know his voice, so we're able to follow him. Now, here's the question. How do I know his voice? Uh, it's not an audible voice. I don't hear the voice of Jesus in my head. So how do, I, how do I know his voice? It's not audible, yet it is unique. When you sense the direction of Jesus through his spirit, how is it unique? It is uniquely unselfish. It is uniquely loving. It is uniquely forgiving. It is uniquely challenging to faith. Nothing else in this world challenges us to be unselfish. When you hear Jesus leading you to unselfishness, you go, oh, okay, that's his voice. Because I don't figure that one out on my own. On my own, I want to be selfish. And in fact, all the people around me are campaigning for selfishness. Jesus has the unselfish voice in this world. When the voice that you hear, when the direction that you hear, the sense you have within fits the life that Jesus lived and the word, the Bible that he gave us, then you know that's his voice. And his voice fits his life and his word exactly. Now, it also says here that we will recognize a stranger's voice. How do we do that? Well, that's the easy one. The stranger's voice is not his voice. As soon as you begin to recognize Jesus's voice in your life, listen for it. If you listen for it, you will hear it. The unselfish voice, the loving voice, the forgiving voice, the sacrificing voice. Once you hear his direction, then the other is very clear. Once you recognize his voice, a stranger is easy to pick out immediately. And there's a lot of strangers' voices in this world, a lot of selfish voices in this world. The Bible here says the true sheep follow the true shepherd, and they run from false shepherds. They run away. They don't even get close. 
It's not as if you think, well, let's just go check out this wolf in sheep's clothing because it's interesting. I just want to hear what he has to say, what she has to say. No, you run away because you realize I am a sheep. I am vulnerable. I am easily influenced. It's the humility of admitting who you are. And so you follow him. You follow the shepherd. Now, in verse 6, the Bible says this, Jesus used a figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And so, because they didn't understand, we have verses 7 to 10. They say this, Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. They didn't get it the first time, and so Jesus uses another picture. I am the shepherd. I'm also the gate. He's saying here, I am the way in. In fact, if you look closely, three things happen in these verses when you enter in through Jesus. The one who enters through me will be saved, salvation. Security happens and also satisfaction. Salvation, you are saved. Security, you will come in and go out. That meant there were no worries from the enemies. If there were enemies about that the sheep couldn't come in and go out through the gate, they'd have to stay in where it was safe. You'll come in and go out. That was a sign of security, of safety in him. And then satisfaction. You will find pasture. You'll have the fulfillment that you need in life. And these blessings, salvation, security, satisfaction, they grow out of one decision, the decision to enter, to enter through him. The decision to say, that's where I'm going to find life. Where do you find life? Some people like cheating the system to try to find life. It's thrilling to them. It makes them feel alive to cheat the system. Other people like creating their own destiny to try to find life. It's inspiring to them to think they did it all themselves. Jesus says, you want to find real life? I've got a destiny for you, but it's mine. I've got a life for you, but you don't have to cheat to get it. Enter through the gate. Trust in me. And the result, Jesus says, is greener pastures. In fact, the picture he gives us in verse 10, one of the most famous verses in the New Testament, is abundant life. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly, have it to the full, have it to the fullest. Let me read for you an honest question one of the people on our research team asked about John 10.10 and this abundant life. They asked, what is the abundant life or the full life? So many Christians seem to have so many problems. How do we experience this kind of life? That's a great question. But let me just say to you, the abundant life is not a problem-free life. That's a big mistake to think that way. We're going to have problems as long as we live in this world because this world isn't perfect. Heaven is problem-free. It's perfect. This earth is not problem-free because it is not perfect. We're going to have the same problems that everybody else in the world has. Jesus never promises a life with no problems. But he does promise an abundant life. So even in the midst of the problems... There is the, in fact, the word here has the idea of superabundance. There is a sense here that he will fill our lives up from within so that whether we're facing problems or not, we will have his strength in life. We will be able to live his life in this world. The quality of life that he wants to give within that's able to face anything that happens without. He's not talking about more things here when he talks about abundance. He's talking about better life, full life. He leads us. He leads us into that kind of life. And whenever I feel like 
wow, my life doesn't seem abundant, doesn't seem full lately. The first question I ask myself in my mind is, am I following the shepherd? Or am I following some idea, something I want to do? He leads us, follow him. What does the shepherd do for the sheep? He calls us, we talked about yesterday, he he leads us, we just looked at. Number three, he lays down his life for the sheep. His love is clear. Verse 11, he returns to the picture of the shepherd. 11 to 13, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus lays down his life for us. His voice is clear. His direction is clear. His love is clear. He died for us. That is crystal clear. Now, remember, we talk about shepherd and sheep and doors and Jesus laying down his life. Remember in that day that sometimes the shepherd was the door for the sheep. A shepherd would actually lay across the doorway into the fold. There would be maybe a rock wall around it. And so if a wolf wanted to get in, if an animal wanted to get in, it would have to go through the shepherd. The shepherd would literally lay down his life for the sheep. And Jesus says, I have done that for you. You look through this chapter, you're studying through it, the real question throughout it is, who will I trust? Talks about thieves and hired hands and shepherds. Will I fall prey to the thieves? Will I trust the hired hand or will I follow the shepherd? Will I fall prey to the thieves? Thieves are people who try to use you. They promise you a lot, but in the end, they're just trying to use you. And in our selfishness, we sometimes fall prey to the thieves. Will I trust the hired hand? Hired hands are people who care only about themselves. And they're over the fence when the trouble comes because they really care only about themselves. Or will I follow the shepherd? The shepherd is the one who gave his life for you. The shepherd is Jesus Christ. How do I trust him? The one who calls my name, the one who goes ahead to lead me, the one who lays down his life for me. I trust him relationally, personally, first by giving my life back to him and then by following him. Let's trust him right now in prayer. And as we pray, you want to enjoy greener pastures? Listen to the shepherd. What he's speaking is more important than what anybody else is saying. Say to him, Jesus Christ, help me to listen to you. Follow the shepherd. You're going to follow someone, so choose to follow him. Say to him, Jesus Christ, I choose this day to follow you. Trust the shepherd. You don't have any need to wander or be scattered because you can always trust his love. And say to him right now, Jesus Christ, I don't understand it all. There's some things about life, some things about this day that confuse me, but I know this. I can trust your love. And so I trust you today in your name. Amen.